Welcome to Let Me Ask My Dad, the podcast where I ask my dad some stuff. I'm your adult child host, Mel. And I'm your dad host, John. So, Dad, this weekend I did something that I have not done in a very long time, and that is I went to the Ren Fair. Oh. So, I was curious. I don't know if you've ever been to a Ren Fair. I know I haven't been to one with you, so have you been to any, like, nerd shit like that, I guess? <laughs> well, I've never been to a Renaissance Fair. Uh, my replacement for the Renaissance Fair is the... Um, what do they call it? The the Scottish Festival and Highland Games. We like I to went go to that, that with one. you once, yeah. Yeah, we haven't been in a couple of years, you know, because of COVID and all that. But we like to go to that one. That's that's a pretty cool one. We're we're not Scottish, but I mean, there may be some Scottish in the family that I don't know about. But um, yeah, we're not we're not Scottish, but we love going to the Highland Games and the and and the Scottish Fair. The Highland Games are kind of like um, very specific. Ren Fair light. So imagine the imagine the Highland Games, except everyone's in costume, everyone's talking weird, and there are multiple countries there. Yeah, th- there's, that's kind uh, of what a Ren Fair is. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been to a Renaissance Fair, but the uh, the in the the section of the the Scottish Festival, there, there's always. I think they have a Renaissance Fair like a week or two before, and then they have, or maybe it's after. And they have a little section that's kind of Renaissance Fairish. They set up a tent, and there's people dressed up like Renaissance Fair stuff. But it's real small. It's not like a whole Renaissance Fair experience. And then you know, there's a bunch of booths, people selling, you know, sort of the same stuff you'd get at a Renaissance Fair, and then things that you wouldn't. Uh, and then uh, they have one. I think they have one a week before that's called the Pirate Festival. They used to have it <laughs> in the same place. And I haven't been to that one, but it's people who dress. It's like a Renaissance Fair, only it's all pirate. You dress nice. up like pirates and yeah, stuff like that. The Run Fair in uh, in Anchorage, Alaska, they kind of I I think they would be like a combination of the Run Fair and the Pirate Fair because the um, the pirate section of the Run Fair there is the bar, so the bar is run by pirates. Ah, okay. <laughs> in the Alaska Run Fair. Yeah, I think you know Holly. I think Holly goes to Renaissance fairs. Yeah, sounds like something uh, Holly I, would do. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I just have never I. I I know they have one here, but it's not a huge one. They don't, like, it's not heavily advertised. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, one time I'll go. Yeah, I don't think the one here is heavily advertised, but there's a lot of people. It's one of those things where if you run in certain circles, you just know about it. Yeah. Now, can you be, like, a non, like, not dress up and stuff and go to that? Yes. I mean, do you feel, okay. Because, you know, most fairs, you don't, you, you don't have to. It depends. I would say most of the Ren Fairs I've been to, like, half to a third of the people who show up don't dress up. Some people just like an excuse to dress up, and that's why they go to Ren Fairs. Because it's an excuse to put on a fun costume. You know, I really haven't been to many of those theme-type fairs. I mean, other than the Scottish Festival and Highland Games, you know, I've never been to, like, a Comic-Con or, you know, any of those, you know, festivals where people dress up like characters i just i i I, yeah it's just not a thing that they really started coming along when i was older yeah they really didn't i mean i mean they they had renaissance fairs when i was younger but they were really small and that was a very niche type, type thing yeah, more of your your festivals and conventions and stuff like that where cosplay goes on. I think is definitely more of a of a more modern thing. Yeah, cosplay was just not a thing when when I was younger and going to fa- fairs that we went to when I was younger were you know they were 
regular fairs. They were yeah, carnivals state fairs. and county fairs and state fairs and that sort of thing. So it was, you know, rides and, and you know, food vendors and stuff like that. So it wasn't really, there wasn't like a theme to it as much. Well, I'm of the opinion that the best thing at any fair is the food, specifically meat pies. Like any fair that has a meat pie, I'm down with. Like I went to the Ren Fair yesterday and the one meat pie booth was shut down and I was very mad. <laughs> They only had one meat pie booth at a Renaissance fair? Well, it was it's a smaller Renaissance fair, so I think they had like six food vendors. There were a few vendors that did just drinks, but I think there were only like six proper food vendors. Oh. Like the popular thing at Ren fairs is the turkey legs, but I'm like, no, I want a meat yeah. pie. Yeah. Yeah. The the turkey leg thing, I remember when that started getting big, and that was probably when I was Early adult, so maybe 20s, late 20s, I think, is when you really started seeing the turkey legs start becoming more popular at, like, every fair that you went to. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, a food item at, like, amusement parks and things like that. But you know, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of meat pies. I'm well, just, except for pasties. Well, I like pasties. Yeah, I don't really consider that a meat pie, though. That's It's a meat calzone. It's a meat, it's a meat turnover. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, when you, like... You know, pot pies and that sort of thing. And, and the I've just never, I've never been a big fan of meat pies. And I, I don't, I don't really know why, because I like um, well, empanadas. I love empanadas. I actually prefer empanadas that have like, uh, like I got some pumpkin empanadas once at uh, uh, actually another huge fair in San Antonio. They have Fiesta every year, mm-hmm. which is a series of different fairs, and and one of the the big fairs that they call Niosa Night in Old San Antonio, and I think it's almost every night during the week they have this, and it, there's all these food vendors and and all these different things going on, and you just get you know loaded with food, and they 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 had empanadas, so that's as close as I get to. Was it savory pumpkin or sweet pumpkin? It was kind of in between, so it was kind of like a pumpkin pie, but it wasn't overly sweet. Okay. So it was it was it was really good. Yeah, I, I tend I, I tend it. to prefer the savory empanadas. Right, and I like empanadas with like um, uh, there's a place here that makes empanadas with um, chorizo in them, mm. and I really like that. Not the real greasy, you know, pouring red, you know, more, the more Spanish type, you know, from Spain uh, chorizo. So, mm. but I, you know, I but I don't know what it is. I've just never been a big meat pie fan, and then you know. After Sweeney Todd, I'm really not a meat pie fan at all. So. <laughs> Back on the turkey legs, one thing that bothers me every time I see a place that does turkey legs, where do you bulk buy turkey legs? I've never gone to a grocery store and been able to buy just turkey legs. You can buy a whole turkey or you can buy like ground up turkey meat and that's it. Where are these people buying just the legs? You, mu- you must have to get it from like a distributor because a lot of people you, like you can go out and buy uh, just turkey breasts yeah where where it's just a turkey with no legs or wings it's just the turkey breast and you cook that we've done that a couple of times for thanksgiving where we just cooked a breast instead of cooking a whole turkey yeah too much food because we didn't really need a whole turkey and uh that must be where the legs come from Mm. because they process turkey for different things and if you're processing just white meat turkey then you got all these leftover legs so that's why they send them but you know basically the turkey leg is just an old school meat on a stick anyway yeah so it's just natural meat on a stick. So it's your, you know, it's it's a corn dog <laughs> in natural form without. 
It's a big without boring corn, corn dog. Without the corn. Yeah, exactly. It's a big boring corn dog. That's a lot harder to eat. Yeah. They're annoying to eat. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at a Renaissance fair, it's cool because you look like, you know, Henry VIII, pho- you know, pick, not, not photos, not a whole lot of photos of Henry VIII, Henry VIII paintings <laughs> with the eating the turkey legs. So. What cracked me up there was, uh, like, none of the food with the exception of the turkey leg and then, like, some bratwurst really made sense for a Ren fair. So I was waiting in line at the coffee and crepe stand, you know renaissance it's very renaissance <laughs> well you know crepes and next France. to it there was a uh there was a shop and there's a thing at renaissance fairs where like if something good happens everyone yells huzzah but this other stand like every time someone tipped i kept hearing them yell opa and i was very tired and i was standing in this line for a while and i could not figure out why they were yelling opa and then i realized it was a euro was stand yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were they were doing they were doing cheese. Yeah. The, the flaming goat cheese. What is that? Saganaki? I don't know. Is that the flaming goat cheese? I love that stuff. We'll get I, that a Greek I love Greek food, but I do not know a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the flaming goat cheese is one of my favorites. And whenever we go to Greek town in Detroit, we always, you know, I always have to order the, the flaming goat cheese. And they, and they make sure that they kind of sneak up behind you before they set it on fire and yell, Opa! Opa! <laughs> yeah. So I like to watch people jump out of their skin in the other tables. That happens. So for me, other than Renaissance fairs, I would say like state fair type things are the most common ones that I went to. When you were a kid, yeah. were there were they state fairs, county fairs? What was the the situation there? So where I grew up, um, you know, each little each each town and city had their own yearly, you know, founders type fair. So I grew up in Farmington. They had the Farmington Founders Festival every year in July. Still do have the beer tent. And all these, you know, all kinds of different stuff going on. And, it, you know, it, it's changed several times over the years since, you know, when I was a kid, there was a part where there was a rodeo and I mean, they don't do that anymore. But it was like all different sections. They had a carnival over here and then they had downtown. They had different stuff. And um, and, and so the, every every town had their own sort of, you know, little little yearly fair. Livonia had the spree every year, which was the spree was mostly uh, uh, carnival ride type stuff. And, and that sort of event. Uh, and then we had the State Fair. Michigan State Fair was in, in Detroit. It was the State Fairgrounds used to be down off of 8 Mile. Off 8 Mile? Yeah. And we go to that every once in a while. But that was that was enormous. I mean, they would get like, they would have like concerts at night with like real bands. Like real national acts uh, where you had to pay, you know, like you were going to a concert. Yeah, the fairgrounds. But the you know the state fairs had more agricultural st- stuff involved in it too. So yeah, like 4-H and all that stuff. Yeah, and you had all those competitions like biggest pumpkin and best cow and <laughs> which you know seems kind of silly in Detroit. What was it was it was cool for us in Detroit because we didn't see a lot of cows, mm-hmm. but there are plenty of cows in Michigan and uh, and agricultural type stuff. Uh, in fact, most of Michigan. Uh, and then you know some some of the more rural counties had their own fairs. Uh, like uh, uh, Calhoun County out there, Marshall. We went to, I, I've taken you to the fair. I think you've been to the fair out there with us. Maybe it was Alex. The only fair I Is can remember from Michigan we went to with um, Grandma Lois, so I would assume it was one that was closer to Howell. That would have been the Livingston County Fair. I don't even remember where they have that. I remember the one in Marshall, and we watched them, they... They had like this demolition derby one night. We watched that or one afternoon. 
which is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as far as county fairs go, I, I think those may have been the only really two I've been to. I think I've been to some smaller ones in other states. Mm-hmm. You know, just and then of course the Alaska State Fair I've been to. Yeah, uh, a few times. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was mostly those those city fairs like the the Livonia Spree and the Farmington Founders Festival, and I think. Yeah, I've been to other ones like I'm sure Westland had one and Garden City probably had one. And but they would you know, it depended on what they were. The older ones tended to have more of the, the craft areas and stuff like that. And the ones for cities that that weren't quite as old, they, they had more of the carnival type stuff. Yeah, I think I definitely grew up in the ones that were that were more carnival orient oriented than vendor oriented. But I mean, in Alaska we have well, they might have more now, but as a kid there was just the one fair. It was the state fair and that was the only one that you went to. Like there would be little festivals and stuff that would happen sometimes, but we never went to any of those. Like in um there's a small town outside of Anchorage called Girdwood that has the Forest Festival every year, which is basically just a bunch of hippies putting up uh, putting up booths in the woods and dancing and smoking pot. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that. I've, I've never been out of the, out to that one, but I remember Alex saying that just you know the the hippies emerge from the from the woods and yeah, um, it's basically an art festival. Right, right. In the yeah, woods. and we had and then art festivals. We we had quite a few, Ann Arbor Art Festival is one of the biggest art festivals in the country. And then there in Vegas, you guys do First Fridays, right? They do First Fridays uh, uh, every first Friday of the month. They kind of they they kind of drop them off in the in the summer because it gets it's just too hot. Yeah, uh, even at night to go out there. But it's and, and they're um, you know vendors, food vendors, and then craftspeople and that sort of thing. So uh, and and that's what the Farmington Founders Festival was mostly like. It was a lot of crafty vendors and food vendors and the beer tent and when i was younger they had more of the they have like the carnival set up in a different area because there was more there was more vacant open field type land back when i was a kid and now most of that's all residential now mm-hmm. it's all turned into subdivisions so i don't i don't think they really do as much of that anymore maybe a little bit little kids rides and stuff like that yeah, because here the um, Washington State Fair, which used to be called the Puyallup Fair, a lot of people who've lived in Washington for a long time get argue about that. But there's like an actual proper fairgrounds where that is all it is used for. It is just used for fairs. And then all of your smaller stuff, it's like, we rented out a farm for a couple of weekends, and that's how we're going to do this. Yeah, I think Nye County has a fair, but I've never been out to it. I think, And I think it's in Pahrump. Hmm. The, at the fairgrounds out there. Well, I would assume the fairgrounds are out there, uh, <laughs> and it is the county seat. Uh, but you know, one thing with the Farmington Founders Festival, you know, I talked about earlier about the beer tent. They used to call it the Ox Roast. Everyone called it the Ox Roast when I was a kid, and it, it was um, the the Elks Club put it on, and they would basically put a a big old you know st- steer dead steer on a thing, and they would cook it over a spit, and then you would could go and get barbecue beef and food and stuff like that and and then eventually people just stopped calling it the ox roast everyone called it the beer tent and traditionally over the years it's where uh people would meet at night who you haven't seen in a long time like people from out of town it's really become big since since i was in high school that you would come you know you would go back to town and visit during the founders festival and then you go to the beer tent on friday night or saturday night and you run into all these people who had moved out of town or you hadn't seen in years welcome so to the kind re- of, welcome to the reunion tent it's basically that's what it is it's become a reunion a, a reunion tent so a lot of 
you know, high school reunions, you know, no one's really having organized. Well, they're very rarely having these organized high school reunions anymore because you can just like, oh, we'll all meet at the beer tent. And now on Facebook, you'll see, hey, who's meeting at the beer tent and all that. So actually, my. Um, so how long have I been out? So that'd be my 40th. Yeah. So my 40th is my 40th high school uh, reunion would be in 2023, the summer of 2023. So not next summer, but the next summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're, we're talking, you know, I'm thinking about going back to Michigan during the Founders Festival and going to the beer tent, you know, Friday night or Saturday night. And cause I know a whole bunch of people who have moved out of Michigan are probably going to go back for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I run into my old friends, you know, uh, uh, you know, Andy who's in Phoenix and Steve and, and Melvin. people who've moved a, a lot of my, yeah, Melvin. Yeah. Oh my, I see him every day. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, my, I have. You know, Florida is a big place for Michigan for Michigan folks to move to. So I have a lot of friends who have moved to Michigan. And uh, I was about to make fun of that, that, but you did moved, live I'm in sorry, Florida they, for a while. They, they moved to Florida. Yeah, I mean, but they intentionally moved to Florida. Ah. I was sent to Florida. Uh, <laughs> you were ordered but, to Florida, <laughs> right? And and they typically go more down to the the main part of Florida, the, the, uh, Orlando and Tampa, St. Pete, and 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 those areas are big for for Michiganders to, to move down to. Cause th- those were the, vac- those are the vacation spots when we, we were kids, we went to Florida cause that was closest. And I have a few friends who n- not many people went out West, but I have a few f- friends who live in California. Uh, I have one that lives uh, uh, up in, in uh, Utah. And so there's a few of us out here, but not a lot, but I think the more people probably go back that time of the year and, uh, and especially for that 40. So I think we're going to go back for that. I've been talking about doing it for years and just haven't. That'd be cool. But I think I will now. Speaking of beer tents, I remember. So I went to the uh, the Scottish Highland Games with you once, I think, and then I yeah. think I went another time on my own. Um, the only thing I really remember from that is at one point you and Audrey went to the like beer garden, which was basically a mead tent, and you ha- did a mead sampler. And I don't remember which one of you drank too much, but one of you drank so much that you felt like you weren't weren't feeling great. <laughs> So it it was, it it was more than a mead sampler. So it was a mead, whiskey, and beer sampling thing, and you tried all these different things. <laughs> so I it don't was remember. a trip to the ER. <laughs> yeah, unless they were it, but, very small cups, that sounds like way too much alcohol. Well, well, they were really small, and most of them were commercially made. There was a couple that were. Uh, you know, like locally small batch type. I think those were the meads. Yeah. Or maybe some of the beers. Mead, I mean, the generally speaking, is not made. commercially made. Right. Well, it is now. There's a lot more mead being made now. We, yeah. Well, we could do a whole episode just on mead. But like there's that <laughs> mead place up in uh, uh, that that every time we went up to um, to Wyoming, up to Gillette, they have a, a mead, a meadery right there in downtown. And we always go there and get mead. In fact, I have some of their mead here. <laughs> Uh, at home, and they uh, um, uh, they sell it at the Albertsons grocery store there. Hmm. Uh, and then when we were out there in uh, Leavenworth, we went to the mead place. Not mead. That's not mead. That was cider. That was cider. We went to the cider place out there. Cider's cider's a lot bigger than mead is. But yeah. there's a there's a commercial meadery that sends me emails, and I can't think of the name of Greenfells or something like that, and they. But you can't, I can't find it really in stores around here. I guess, I guess if I looked at, at like Lee's Liquor, they probably have it. Yeah, but I think the really big liquor stores here will have meads. And I'm sure there's some 
micrometeries here because it's Seattle and that's this it's like nerd alcohol in my opinion right mead. right yeah meads just I don't think meads are ever gonna take off as much as you know I'm kind of shocked at how much ciders have taken off but meads are never gonna keep up with ciders well I think part of the reason ciders took off is one they were already pretty popular in Europe so they yeah. already have kind of a foothold and there are a lot of people who can't or don't like beer. Like the benefit of cider is everyone who is celiac or on a gluten-free diet, generally speaking, can have cider. And that's why I think it got so popular within the past like 10 years. You know, and you can get beer drinkers. You know, it's an easy, easy, easy to convert from beer to cider. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of similarities between the two. But mead is much closer to a wine than it is a... Mm-hmm. Well, is it cider? Because well, you don't use hops in in mead. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, isn't mead like a version of honey wine? Yeah, it's basically a honey wine. Uh, I made it a couple of times when I was brew when I first started brewing beer back in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a couple of meads, but they just they take so long, and they're they're just they're they're not real easy, and they're very expensive because honey's not cheap. It is not, and you have to use a lot of it. So, um, so it. it you know, I like mead. I can't drink it all the time. It's cool every once in a while. Yeah. You know, I can drink cider. I can drink ciders a lot, but meads are like, yeah, it's a once in a while. It's like a dessert wine almost. Yeah. Meads are a sometimes drink and a very small drink because I don't like sweet alcohols that much. And meads are by definition pretty much sweet. Now, I've had some, the, the place up in, in Gillette, they have some really dry meads um, that uh, are pretty good, but. Yeah, it's it, but it still has that that. It's almost sticky. Like heaviness, <laughs> they have like a heaviness to them that they still have that honeyness to them, and mm-hmm. you can only drink so much of it. And then there, when you when you go to the the meadery, they have a little drinking place in there. Uh, they serve it to you in a horn, <laughs> and then they have these, and then like all the chairs and tables have a leather strap on it, so you can stick your horn in there because you yep. can't sit a horn down because it's pointed that was that's a ren fair thing too the amount of people i saw walking around yesterday with uh with drinking horns was more than you would think yeah but if you're gonna drink beer you need a pretty big horn yeah because those you know mead size horns are too small yeah i think it was a it was a heavy combination of people with horns and people with um tankards tankards the pu- the pewter tankard with the leather strap around your arm yeah yep a lot of tankards yeah, yeah. that what when uh, when I was up in Alaska, I uh, knew a guy that was stationed up uh, up in Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. We had we had gone to a, a, a training together, and he was um, a, uh, a rugby player, mm-hmm. and he played on a rugby team up in up in Fairbanks. And they were they were coming down to Las or Las Vegas to Anchorage to play a rugby team down there. So he invited me out and I went and watched the game, and then I went to the bar with him afterwards. And they had this rule that. Um, the person who was the most valuable player, they had they gave him a tankard with a leather strap that was hooked onto it and around their arm, and they were not allowed to unhook the strap, and the tankard was never allowed to be empty, and they weren't allowed to buy any beer. <laughs> so everyone just walked by. When you walked by with your beer, you just poured some of your beer in their tankard when you walked past them. Oh, gross, because so everyone was getting different it, beers too. <laughs> right, it's a tankard of different kinds of backwashed beer so th- for the player your, that we like the most the most yeah the guy who did the best job here's all these different varieties of 
You know, and if somebody wasn't <laughs> drinking beer, I don't know if people were like drinking, you know, dumping shots in there too. I don't know. Uh, but what, so whenever I think of tankard, I just think that, you know, that leather strap. And I can just see it at Renaissance Fair, people with the leather strap on the tankard. That's like a bad version of the um, the drinking game King's Cup. Do you know what that is? No. So it's a drinking game where there's a bunch of different homebrew rules for it. But basically there is one cup in the middle. And every time it's like a card game and you have to do different things based off the cards. And one of those things is pouring part of your drink into the cup in the center. And then at the end of the game, whoever loses based off of some weird card rule has to drink the gross thing in the middle. There are just too many drinking games now. Uh, when I when I was younger, now now here's an example of uh, how old I am. When <laughs> well, your forty year cuss high school reunion's coming up. When I, well, that's true. When I was young and drinking, and we were playing drinking games, um, that's back before quarters was called quarters. It was called quarter bounce. Hmm. We didn't even call it quarters. We called it quarter bounce. So really, the only the only drinking games we had were quarter bounce or quarters. Um, there was a, a, a variation of, of quarter bounce called chandeliers that had multiple glasses around the outside and there were, you know, different rules to it. Uh, there was Cardinal Puff, which I'm probably you've, sure you've never heard of. No, I haven't. Because I don't think anybody plays Cardinal Puff anymore and I don't even remember that. That sounds the like rules. a smoking game. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was a drinking game. Uh, there was Up and Down the River, which is one that was played with cards. And then there was one that was played with dice that was called Mexicali. Hmm. And those were the only drinking games we had. Um, I, I remember um, Hey Bob came in a little bit after that. You ever play Hey Bob? Probably no. not. So you have to watch. You have to get. A, well, that didn't come in until there was uh, video. You could get videotapes of old Bob Newhart ep- episodes. And the rule was anytime somebody s- said, Hey Bob, you had to drink. <laughs> and it it's crazy because in Bob Newhart, every time somebody walks into a room, they're like, Hey Bob. So there's a lot of drinking going on there. But I was I never even... like I've never been much of a drinker, but the the handful of uh, of times that I went to like drinking parties, um, there were only a few games that were played. Beer pong was the most popular one in my age range. Then there was something called flip cup, which I never understood the rules of, and I think I played once. And then there was king cup, which I think I've only played twice. And then any other drinking game was we just took a normal activity and said you have to drink when X happens. <laughs> like I one time I one time turned Monopoly into a drinking game. Yeah, Anytime you, you ever owed anyone money, you had to take a drink. And that's how you turned yeah. Monopoly into a drinking game. Yeah. You can and then you stop playing game. Monopoly when either someone wins or you're too drunk to want to play Monopoly anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I was in Cuba, I was with a uh, uh, people who were much younger than me. I was the senior guy there and uh they uh you know they would play drinking games on the weekend and that's that was the first and only time i've ever played um uh, beer pong which i'm not good at and flip cop which i was actually much better at so uh, beer pong i'm okay with the problem with beer pong is you've got to play it the not gross way so there's the gross way which i think is supposed to be the official way where all of the cups are filled with beer and when the ball falls into the cup, you have to drink that cup of beer. Right. Or the clean way where you fill all the cups with water and then you have a separate cup of beer and you just have to take a drink every time a cup gets taken off the table. Yeah, they they played they played clean there. Okay. 
Yeah. It was water in the cups. But, well, and we were playing on a boardwalk and it was dirty and there was there was well, no <laughs> way to keep the, the, the ball anywhere close to not giving everyone some sort of crazy disease from Cuba. Yeah. Just you don't you don't want some grubby drunk person's hand who's been flinging around this ping pong ball inside the cup of beer you're about to drink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's but you know, we when we were young we played quarter slash quarter bounce. And I mean you drank with the quarter in the bottom there. Yeah. So when the quarter went in, you're bouncing it off a table and yeah, but we were young, it you know, we were dumb and I mean the then, beer then was, was probably the, already gross. It was probably right, pretty cheap beer. Well, yeah, it was cheap beer too. And then there you know, there was that whole thing where, you know, you you thought you were cool if when you were drinking it, if you stopped and caught the quarter in your teeth. And then showed everybody the quarter in your teeth. Oh, so cool! Yeah, because now, now you've now you made it a little grosser because the quarter has now gone into someone's mouth. So, but it was the same. It was also the same. I mean, everyone was drinking out of the same mug. So, I guess where did you get make, the quarter from? Where did we get just, the quarter from? Just someone's pocket. Just out of your pocket. Just out of your pocket. <laughs> this is back I when mean, people carried change around regularly. Right. Right. Well, yeah. We all, yeah we all had change. Yeah, we didn't. Well, that was back before you had. ATM cards. There was no such thing. There were no ATMs. So, and, and it wasn't too long after that ATMs came out, and you could you could go to the ATM and take out five dollars. <laughs> it wasn't you could get multiples all the way down to five dollar bills. So in an ATM. Yeah, I think now uh, the rule's twenty dollars. Twenty. Less I think twenty is the lowest I've seen in an ATM in a long time. There are some ATMs will, that will let you choose the denomination of the bills that you get, but I do think every ATM I've been to, the minimum is twenty. You know, now that I think about it, there's a Bank of America over here, and you can choose the denominations, and I think you can go down to 10. But you cannot get anything less than $20. Mm-hmm. So you can get two tens, but yeah. you can't just get $10. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, a $10 bill is kind of worthless. <laughs> because, you, cause like, I'm not – I mean, m- most of the tipping you do is going to be either with – like, if you go to, like, the car wash or – okay, so – now I'm talking Vegas talk because we tip everybody here, but like at yeah, the car Vegas wash, talk is Vegas <laughs> talk is also everyone carries hundred dollar bills around for well, yeah. no reason and it makes me yeah, very ve- uncomfortable. Vegas singles, yeah, you got the hundred. You always have to have a hundred you know hundred dollar bills in your pocket. But like when you're tipping, um, like you know small tipping. So like at the at the uh, car, car wash, valet, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's usually singles or fives is what's appropriate. I mean, if you're tipping your massage therapist or, you know, the more high dollar stuff or your or your the person cutting your hair and stuff like that. Now you're getting above that. Well, you're getting above where a five or one's going to do you any good. So but tens just are kind of that in between where it's like they're not really useful. So it's pretty much a minimum of I don't know. I hardly ever use a 10. I hardly ever find use for a $10 bill, either a 20 or fives or singles. Yeah, I I never use just a ten dollar bill. I'll use a ten dollar bill in combination with something. Right. Yeah. Like, like if, if I'm if I'm going to the dispensary, the thing I want might be thirty dollars. So I'll $30. use a ten and a twenty. But I I never buy anything that costs just ten dollars. I also never carry cash on me unless I know I'm going to a place that's cash only. Like I don't own an actual wallet anymore. I have a pop socket wallet on the back of my phone that can carry three cards, and that's it. I only carry cash for uh, the woman who cuts my hair because I pay her in cash. And my massage, when I get a massage, 
I give my massage therapist cash as a tip, and then I pay for the massage with my card. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I I prefer for those folks to get their their um, uh, their tips in cash. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and I just general, if I'm carrying, generally if I'm speaking, around tipping me, in cash is is better because right, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's better for the employee to get a a cash tip as someone who right. has worked in the service industry and restaurants and stuff like that. Cash tips are way better than card tips. Right. Yeah, I try to cash tip as much as I can, but like like I'm not usually carrying around that much money. So uh, as far as cash goes, but I I do plan it out for some things but you know it's like hey let's stop and get something to eat i didn't plan it out so they're going to get a a tip on the card but yeah i prefer to give them a cash a cash tip yeah like you know and i'll i when i go to the bar i always give them a cash tip so i always make sure that i have cash yeah but i went to the fair yesterday when i went to the fair yesterday i i did take cash because i'm like i'm assuming some of these vendors are not going to be able to take card and there was only one place that did take card so i just took cash it was also nice because then i could budget how much i was spending because this is all of the cash i have yeah fairs are definitely a cash place for me so yeah and then you know also you can with cash you can i it's just easier with cash at fairs yeah you don't have to worry about finding somebody who has a thing with them but i mean a lot of them do anymore they all have the little uh what do they call that the square card readers there's a few different brands like yeah there's a few brands square Square i think is the most popular one yeah depends on where you're at but yeah most most places have that now i will say it was weird going to a fair and seeing multiple banks of atms they were just like little tents that just had a bank of atms in them yep yep and you know, and that's actually that's a good money maker there because you've got all these things that are just taking cash, mm-hmm. and people didn't bring cash, and now that you know that ATM is going to charge them three dollars. Oh for yeah, a transaction. So. In so in Washington, we have um, legalized recreational and medicinal medicinal marijuana, but state law makes it so you can only buy it with cash. You cannot pay card for it. There, I believe is that's a- federal law. No, the federal law is that you can't buy weed anywhere ever. No, federal banking laws. <laughs> oh, it are, might be federal uh, banking laws. It's federal but federal, laws, federal so law is no use, weed. Yeah, so that's why you can't use a credit card or a debit card because that goes through a, a it goes through a federal system. Oh, that makes sense. But anyway, there is a uh, there is an ATM company who every single dispensary I've been into, the ATMs are from this one exact company, and I'm like, this this ATM dude, it's got to be making so much money off of this. Oh yeah, because oh, the yeah. surcharge is like three bucks, I think, for every transaction, and they're in literally every dispensary I've been to in the state. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've always wondered about that. I now I've gone way off on a tangent about you know, the. Because it's a cash business. Yeah. So, you know, they have to keep all that cash around. I mean, I, I you know, when I was younger and, and worked at that arcade, you know, it was, that was back before cards. So everything was in cash. And every night we had to drop, we had a, a drop safe and we had to drop tons of cash every night. And now that I look back, I'm like, man, I don't know why no one ever robbed us. And it might be because everybody had a cash system back there and you could just go rob, you know the liquor store yeah the the places here i think are are pretty particular about their security and stuff also every dispensary i've been to here has at least one if not 
more security guards. So there's the one yeah. person who greets. Actually, I think it's usually two at every place I've been to. There's the one person who greets you who's a security guard and also asks for your ID. And then there's a security guard actually within the dispensary. Yeah. Yeah, they have to have heavy security because there's not a lot of places dealing with cash anymore. You know, unless you start getting in some, you know, some of your uh, downtown areas of cities. You know, well, not downtown areas, but uh, uh, more urban type areas and cities. There's more cash going on in those places. Uh, but yeah, when you're out in the suburbs, there's very little. There's very little cash moving back and forth. I mean, even in Vegas, other than other than in the bars, and in the bars, the only cash moving back and forth is that is the stuff coming off of uh, uh, the the. Um, the games off of the po- video poker. So. Well, nowadays I I think that a majority of your of your cash related thefts tend to take place in banks, which is weird because yeah. those are like the most secure places to keep cash. But every <laughs> so f- fun fact, I used to work at a uh, federal halfway house, so basically I was I was a glorified security guard, and. The only people who would ever tell me why they had actually gone to jail were the bank robbers, which cracks me up because they were bragging about bank robbing when they were obviously bad at bank robbing because they got caught. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that was the point where I realized, oh, wait, there's a lot of people trying to rob banks. I mean, there used to be like the golden rule. of. I mean, very there was a, a long period of time there where banks just didn't get robbed because there was just this rule of don't rob a bank because it's a hard target. Yeah, you know, go go rob a Seven Eleven. That's a much easier target. You're not going to get as much money, but you might get away. You know, you got a much better chance of getting away with it than robbing a bank. Yeah, and it, you know, it was like it was like the rule you'd, you you can't buy underage at a Seven Eleven. Everybody cards you at the Seven Eleven. So, uh, but you could at these other liquor stores. This is when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was when I was underage, you just you could go to any other liquor store, but don't go to a Seven Eleven because that's where they card you. And it was the same thing with banks. You don't rob a bank. I mean that's that's dumb. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah, like they have, they're the only place that has a giant vault that is made specifically to keep money in. Yeah, and then you hear about people robbing multiple banks. <laughs> like you got away with the first one, and you're dumb enough to go to another one. What's wrong with you? Because they end up getting caught two or three down the road. <laughs> But but now they watch out for it because more people started robbing banks again. So yeah, yeah it's dumb. I, and, and they must see that stuff on movies and think, oh, I could rob a bank. Yeah, <laughs> it's like robbing a casino. Every once every once in a while, someone tries to rob a casino. Guess what? They get caught. Yeah, like all of them <laughs> get caught. Do you know how many security guards and cameras there are in casinos? Yeah. No kidding. I mean, a casino is like, I mean, I think when you walk in a casino, they actually put cameras. Like in your pocket when you walk in. I mean, there's cameras <laughs> everywhere there, and there's security everywhere. You can't do anything. And like most people that try, they do the the smash and grab thing, mm-hmm. where they walk up. You know, they'll walk up and they'll just grab a bunch of, of chips and then run out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how are you getting out? I mean, you got to get through. Getting out of a casino is not easy. Unless it's a table right by the door, which is very rare. It's not easy to get out of a casino if you're sober and just a normal person walking out of it. They intentionally design those things to be difficult to exit so you'll stay there and spend money. Right. It's just like it's like a Macy's. I mean, you get inside the Macy's. There's no way to get the hell out. You have no idea. And you have to go through, 
you know, the perfume and makeup in order to get in or out of anything in a Macy's. Yeah. We, we used we used to have a, a chain in uh, Detroit called Hudson's. Very similar. To, it was Detroit's version of Macy's. Or, mm-hmm. And uh, they had, they did the same thing and they had the that makeup and perfume section they have to walk through. Mm-hmm. And they used to call it the Isles of Beauty. And we all called it the <laughs> Miles of Beauty. Because it seemed like you were walking miles to get through that thing. And... Uh, was and it, it was Isles like, with an A or Isles with an I? Isles with an with an A, like okay. it was you know like shopping aisles okay. of beauty. I was like, are they going for a thing where they're like, this is like islands of beauty? No, 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 no. Isles <laughs> like shopping aisles, but then we all called it the miles of beauty because that's basically what it was. But you, I mean, you were trapped. You would you would go in there and you're like, man, I know. That we walked past Chanel number five to get in, but how come it's not to get out? So it's, is this does this rotate at night or dirt while we're here? I don't. And know. And also, there are like three different entrances on every side of the building and escalators. Yeah, again, multi-level department floors. stores drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah. You know, we could do a whole thing talking about malls. We should talk about malls next time. <laughs> okay. I have a lot of experience when it comes to shopping and malls. You've mentioned malls on the podcast so many times. Have I? We've never talked about malls, though. Half we? of the dream episode was talking about malls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, my, my formative years were spent in malls. When I was a teenager, you hung out at the mall. We, they built all those malls when I was a kid. So, All right. Well, I think that's all the fair talk we have for the day. Um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, our intro and outro music is Catch Up by Ben Lebowitz. You can f- follow us everywhere most places most social media using the hashtag askdadcast or at askdadcast and until next time have a great day have a great day